Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. Okay, so I have a stupid joke. Okay, this is from comedian Joe Manda or Mandy. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's a... A quote from his dad, so this total dad joke. Okay. Two can- cannibals are eating a clown, and one looks at the other and says, does this taste funny to you? <laughs> I've actually heard that one before. That yeah. one's good. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Dawn wrote us again. She has a nightmare travel story for us. Okay. So I did my beginning stories as nightmare travel stories. So I'm just kind of going to add hers into them. Okay. So she writes, hello to my two favorite funny, funny gals from, I'm assuming your favorite Minnesotan. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) If I'm not your favorite, I'm at least hoping I'm top 100. (laughs) Well, since we know how many people from Minnesota have won. Yeah. (laughs) You're our total favorite. (laughs) So I'm out of scary stories at the moment. I'm going to see if I can get my daughter to send you an email about what happened to her this past weekend. If she won't, I will send it to you. Gave her goosebumps and me as well. I do have a story for you that wasn't scary, but just downright wrong. Three years ago, my daughter and my grandson, as you know, is Forrest, and my chihuahua bean, R.I.P. bean, went up north for the weekend to a festival. I had got a hotel room near the festival. When we got there that Friday evening, I went and checked in. This hotel was part of the Choice Hotels franchise, which I belong to, so I got a discount in points. They have always been really nice hotels. My first impression when we pulled up was, what the fuck have I gotten us into? The hotel was right next to an industrial park, and the parking lot was so full of potholes you could barely drive your car through it. So I figured I wasn't looking for luxury, just a place to sleep as we wouldn't be there much anyway. I got my room key and went back out to the car, drove down to the end of the building where they said my room would be, very close to the outside door. We grabbed all of our stuff and went to the side door. Now, usually all hotel side doors are locked and you need to use your key to get into it. Not this one. There wasn't even a working door handle on the door. Anyone could enter at any time. Oh my God. I'm not liking that, but whatever. I think I have my mini hammer in my car. I could use this protection. (laughs) So we go in, and I got to the room door and unlocked it and entered. Uh, So We go in, and I got the room door and unlocked it and entered. My first thought was, did the maid not clean in this room? There were beer cans that I could see from standing in the doorway. I walked in, and I could see suitcases on the bed that were open and towels laying on the bed. I told my daughter and grandson to get out, as obviously this was someone's room. I told them to wait there in the hallway and I would go to the front desk to see what was going on. Well, the front desk guy said that it couldn't be possible that they had no one in that room. Well, guess again, buddy. There's someone there, so give me another room as it was his problem and not mine. He gave me a room on the second floor. We trudge up there and get into the room. After the long drive, we had all, we all had to go to the bathroom. First thought on entering the bathroom was that it hadn't been cleaned in forever, and I was almost scared to use it. Ew. My daughter was over over by the windowsill and called me to see all the bugs. I was getting more disgusted by the minute. I figured I could wipe the bugs out of the windowsill, tell the front desk when we went out. 
We chose our beds. I pulled down the covers, and there on the bottom sheet were areas of blood. Ew! Yes, blood. Oh, my God. I just about threw up. I told my daughter to get everything back together as we were leaving this hotel. I took pictures of the sheets, and we left the room. I sent my daughter and grandson out to the car, and I went to the front desk. No one was there. I stood there for 10 minutes before the guy came back from having a cigarette. I explained to him what was wrong and showed him the pictures. He told me they would change the sheets. Ha ha, wrong. I told him I wanted a full refund and I was going elsewhere, as this was already the second room they gave me, and it was disgusting, and I was not going for a third. He insisted on getting me another room. I argued with, argued with him for a good 15 minutes. I finally called the Choice Hotels franchise and explained to them what was going on. They talked to the front desk guy, and he ended up refunding my money. We did end up finding a nice hotel down the road and ended up having a very nice weekend in a hotel that was clean with no blood on the sheets. Only problem was it was not pet friendly, so I had to sneak my bean in and out of the place. <laughs> no one was the wiser, though. Hope you have a great week and look forward to listening to your podcast. Dawn from Minnesota. Uh, that it, made me dirty just I know. hearing oh my, it. Oh that my is God. so gross. It's horrible. How can they... I, how can they still be open and operating? And like, what the fuck? Ugh. They obviously have not, did not have an inspection anytime soon. No, no, that's that what I'm saying. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, there would be so many, like they would shut that place down. Oh, There's yeah, no way. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to kind of go, you know, ahead <laughs> with the... Um... <laughs> The rest of your stories? I'm continuing oh, okay. the, the horrible vacation story. Okay. <laughs> okay. I went went with my girlfriend, came back single. No. <laughs> not, not a great vacation. No. <laughs> my parents got into a huge fight and decided they wanted a divorce on the second day of a week-long vacation at Disney World. Oh. It's the most awful week of my life. That is horrible. That is horrible. I work at a military school, and this experience happened to one of my students. One August, his parents told him to pack enough clothes for a two-week vacation to the Bahamas. They would be flying out the next day. Instead, they flew him to military boarding school where he was enrolled in process and had his head shaved. He stayed through the school year. Insult to injuries, his parents continued on with the, to the Bahamas without him. Uh, Assholes. That is so rude. That's rude. An elderly woman died three seats over from me after one hour into a seven-hour flight. Oh, and I heard that they they have to keep them in their seats. Oh. Like, if you're sitting next to a dead person, oh my gosh. you have to sit oh next to a dead person. I can, oh. I would freak the fuck out. I think I would, too. I would be like, you. they can sit here. I am not. Yeah. No. I would die. Oh, no. that's horrible. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't die, like, actually die like them. <laughs> Oops. Moving on. <laughs> the airline lost my suitcase with about 10 pairs of shoes in it. I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was four years old. I spontaneously climbed, came down with the worst fever of my life in the hotel room on the last day. All I remember in my teeny roasting brain was staring at a bare light bulb on the ceiling uh, before blacking out. I woke up in my very first hospital bed. Yeesh. Wow. I got the straight up dungeon gut 
in Cambodia. I spent two days writhing, sweating, and feeling like my stomach was going to burst. This is a city where it's practically always summer. I spent those 48 hours shitting black sludge, rage puking, and praying for sweet, merciful release of death. Ooh. Next one, my parents decided they were going to meet some friends in Las Vegas, and they didn't trust me to stay home alone. This happened to be the weekend of my 16th birthday. I was pretty angsty by that time anyway, so being forced into something I didn't want to do on my birthday made it that much worse. I spent as much time in the hotel room as possible, except for venturing out to eat a few times. I kept waking up in the morning with a terrible sore throat. It got worse as we made the drive back to Southern California, and the day after getting home, I was down for the count. My tonsils were swollen to the size of ping pong balls and covered in white patches. I go to the doctor after a few days of this to find I had contracted mono. I'd taken a round of antibiotics and would be cool for a few months until it flared up again. I went through four bouts of it during my junior year. Because of my already weakened immune system while traveling, that Christmas I got the flu, which progressed into pneumonia, and I damn near died. I'd had two rounds of pneumonia since then. It wasn't until I was 24 that my immune system started running at full capacity again. Wow. Holy shit. Next one, the trip was great for me and everyone else involved until the end. I went to Jamaica with 40, a 40-plus 40 person wedding party. We, When we got back to the States, people started texting in circles that everyone had hookworms in their feet and legs. Uh. Only about five people didn't get them, and I was one of the lucky few. Some people had the hookworms travel all the way to their knees. Yeah. Gross. I went to Mexico with my mom when I was 16, and the second day we, we got there, I got a bug bite on my eyelid. My face swel- swelled up and my eyes swelled shut. I was too embarrassed and miserable to go out in public and just spent the entire week we were there reading in the hotel room. Aww. That sucks. I was on vacation with my dad in San Diego when I was on- in the sixth grade. I got my period for the first time and freaked out since I didn't think of it being my period and I thought I was dying. <coughs> I didn't tell my dad and waited until I got home and sobbed to my mom about how I was dying. She had a good laugh. shouldn't she have known what was coming you would think but did it say how old she was uh she was in the sixth grade so pretty young should still know by then you would think uh we went to california when i was about seven our hotel was not as advertised it promised a relaxing room with a jacuzzi it had a two, bar- two barely queen beds that creaked and tore up carpet in one corner. It also promised a luxurious pool, which ended up being roughly 12 by 12 feet and just four feet deep. The hotel claimed to be a short walk from the beach, but through gang-infested areas where we received dirty looks and drug offers. Oh, my God. <laughs> where was that? Um, it just says California. Oh, some friends and I drove to New Orleans New Orleans, last year for Voodoo Fest. We met up with one of our friends from high school who was stationed there. He showed us around and we drank all night. Around 3 a.m., we split up and went back to the hotel. The next morning, my friend's phone is ringing off the hook, so I wake her up and tell her to get it. She goes out in the hall and talks and is out there for a while. I go out to check in and see if everything's okay, and she's hysterical. Turns out the friend we met up with was murdered 30 minutes after we met him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. After we left him. 
That is horrible. Holy shit. That is horrible. That is like, I don't know. That's crazy. I would die. I would be hysterical too. Holy shit. Uh, my dad and I were in the Bahamas. He was in the shower and I was in the other room. I hear him have a massive orgasm. He doesn't know I heard it. It was pretty scarring. Oh my God. What the fuck? <laughs> why? Why would he do that? <laughs> okay, let's just move on. Okay. My ex-boyfriend and I had booked a trip to Hawaii about four months in advance. We broke up two months before the vacation. Since two of our good friends were going as well, we tried to be amicable and just go and try and have fun, even though things were difficult between us. Of course, when we get there, the hotel messed up and booked us in a hotel room with one bed rather than singles. They didn't have any more rooms with singles, so I was stuck with this super emotional ex every night, bickering about why things will never go right between us, why we we're meant for each other, and why we we're meant for each other. Needless to say, we kind of we kind of ruined the trip for our friends. <laughs> oh. I spent eight days in Colorado. It rained every day until the day we left. Our cabin leaked, so it was a maze of weaving between all the buckets on the floor inside. And best of all, I tripped while running on the river of rocks and cracked my head open. Oh, nice. I was taking a bus from Newcastle to London. We hadn't even rolled out of the station before some dude goes for a dump and breaks the toilet, causing the smell of poo to spread through the uh, bus for the next six or seven hours. Yuck. Uh, why did you wait to get on a bus? That is all <laughs> so rude. Sometimes it just hits you. Okay. Okay. You don't have a choice. <laughs> I was in Germany a few years back when the that volcano in Iceland erupted and European countries closed their airports. I had to go through Poland and Baltic countries with Polish bus drivers who couldn't speak English all while watching Polish dubbed Forrest Gump on a loop for 24 hours. <laughs> when I was nine, my family took a road trip to Northern Ireland. When, when we crossed the border, they pointed assault rifles at our minivan. And when we got to town, the people were parading around the, a dead guy who had died protesting the government through hunger, a hunger strike. We left that day. <laughs> God. Holy shit. And this is my last one. We arrived at our hotel in France. The room was amazing just until entering the toilet. There was a giant mushroom growing out of the side of the sink. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's so great. Is that a mushroom? Like, what the fuck? Did they not see it when they cleaned it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they'll like it. <laughs> just leave it there. It's part of the experience. <laughs> All right. I did the most oddly disturbing Victorian traditions. I am excited about these. The Victorian age is typically remembered as being incredibly buttoned up, conservative, and at times rather boring. While many important technologi technological advancements were made, we mostly think of the era as a time where the mere silhouette of a woman was hypersexualized and the strict moors of Queen Victoria, the ultimate stiff upper lip matriarch, matriarch, ran supreme. However, the Victorians were a complicated lot, and a great deal of subversive entertainment was produced in their time. 
For one, they produced ghost stories at a glorious speed and saw the relatively benign Christmas holiday as the perfect opportunity to share spooky stories over a crackling fire. They also adhered to many bizarre and downright creepy traditions, some of which we couldn't imagine doing nowadays. Here are some of the most disturbing practices those supposedly reserved Victorians came up with, and some of them are exceptionally unnerving. Number one, taxidermy animal hats. Huh? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, it touches okay. them. No. I know you guys can't see this, but look, Brandy. <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God. This, oh my God. I this can't. particular craze is perhaps an extension of the overall fascination with taxidermy and the ways in which the Victorians pushed creative boundaries with the con- controversial practice. Oh Complete tableau. Is that how you say that? Tableau? I don't know. Yeah, I think. Featuring dead bunnies studying in a library, for example, were all the rage and giving the animals human characteristics after death, reading, having tea, playing croquet, was especially popular. However, it's still not totally clear how or why this became super fashionable with upper-class Victorians. But apparently, donning a dead, stuffed animal on top of one's head was considered the ultimate in hot couture. Birds were a popular choice, although the more adventurous types went with squirrels, mice, and kittens. Which, when you think about it, is especially sad and awful in its own way. Yeah. That okay. picture just that what the fuck that I okay so that would kind of because I have if you guys don't know I have a very <laughs> irrational fear of taxidermy am- animals not only that but it's like especially touching me <laughs> if one of those touched me I would lose my shit <laughs> so I'm thinking. Now I know what to get you for your birthday. I would kill you. <laughs> if I opened a box with a dead animal, I would throw it at you. I ser- I would I would die. I would die. That would be a happy birthday heart attack for Brandy. <laughs> no, but that if if someone like if I was like a little girl in the in the old days when they did that and they made me wear a dead kitten on my head oh my god that would that would explain why i would have an irrational fear yeah that's true that's true that is oh my i i wasn't expecting that (laughs) i told you the first one was a doozy that is horrifying (laughs) to me oh my god okay oh my god are you done now yeah okay number two morning dolls Morning culture in the Victorian era was rather elaborate and entailed a number of traditions that helped the living overcome the passing of a beloved. Everything from pieces of jewelry with locks of hair from the dead or taking photos of the corpse of the dearly departed were all the rage. While these traditions can be seen as a way of honoring the memory of the deceased, they are still rather disturbing for the darkness they conjure. Perhaps this inherent creepiness is nowhere near as apparent as in the form of mourning dolls. Since medicine was still not terribly advanced, the mortality rate for children and infants was frightfully high. For wealthy families who lost a child, it was customary to create a mourning doll bearing the likeness of their dearly departed. The dolls were typically made from wax, and sometimes the hair would be taken straight from the dead body of the child 
it was meant to resemble and added straight to its head. This was in the hopes of finding some misguided level of, of authenticity. I cannot read today. I think I rubbed off on you. Then the dolls would be placed in a crib, sometimes having its clothes changed and generally cared for as though it were a child, a real child. For some reason, this was seen as a healthy way for the family to cope with their loss. It's really no wonder, then, that the Victorian age is known for giving birth to any number of spine-tingling horror stories. Their everyday reality was filled with macabre details. How is that healthy? It's not. It's not. Oh, my God. These These people are are idiots. (laughs) Okay. Number three. Halloween costumes. While we may take great pride in donning the most absurd or ghoulish costumes now more than ever, the Victorians arguably had this tradition down pat. Just through the sheer creepiness of their masks, one didn't have to be wealthy to look scary for Halloween at the time, and come October 31st, children would be seen running around donning horrifyingly realistic masks of pigs or dead animals over their faces. The gaping O's in the cheaply made plastic disguises somehow looked more realistic than any number of Freddy Krueger or Jason get-ups we see nowadays, and definitely far more surreal. That is very true. Like, the the more um, kind of generic the Halloween costume, like, especially if it's a mask, Mm -hmm. it's so creepy. Yeah. There's the picture. I think, ooh, yeah, I've seen yeah. this before. It's yeah. so creepy. <laughs> Number four, safety coffins. Another peculiar tradition originating from the all-consuming fear of death, the use of safety coffins is decidedly less melancholy or romantic. In the 1800s, people truly feared the specter of being buried alive. Whether this grisly preoccupation had to do with the incredibly high mortality rates or the fact that one of the era's most important writers, Edgar Allan Poe, wrote a number of short stories about being trapped or buried alive, (laughs) people were deathly, eye-rolling pun intended, afraid of waking up in a coffin under the ground. A safety coffin is essentially an odd contraption allowing for a person to get some air and signal to people above ground, usually by using a bell. Someone would hear the signal in the graveyard and would then rush to save the person who had been accidentally buried. That way, the person who had been erroneously buried alive would not be suffocated underground and could be saved. Hence the popularity of phrases like saved by the bell or dead ringers. Hmm. However, just how often people were mistaken for dead in the Victorian age is not clear. And whether these coffins truly came in handy is a great deal came in handy a great deal is kind of up for grabs. Number five, bloody mirrors. Mirrors have a history of creeping people out. Maybe it has its origins in Greek mythology when Narcissus stared at his reflection for on and on much to his doom. Or vampire stories, the idea that a truly nefarious demon or creature does not have a reflection like flesh and blood humans. But perhaps no other group in history were more suspicious of the power held by mirrors than Victorians. If a member of the family died in a home, the woman would rush to cover all the mirrors with dark cloth. This was done for several reasons. One is that they believed if they walked past the mirror and saw the deceased looking back at them, it meant that he or she would die next. 
Another, perhaps more spiritual reason, is that they believe the soul would forever remain trapped inside the mirror, never able to find peace. In addition to this odd extension of the Victorians' rather rigorous mourning rituals, mirrors also served as inspiration for dozens of odd games during their time. Most kids have played Bloody Mary at least once in their lives, quietly staring at the mirror in the dark, whispering the name like an incantation, determined that the tortured spirit of the demonic Bloody Mary would appear. This is in part due to the influence of the Victorians, who apparently were the first to dream up the spooky urban legend. You know, I saw a TikTok one time where this guy, like, just went up to the strangers on the street and told them to look in a, in a normal mirror. And, you know, they looked in the mirror and saw what they did all the time. And then he told them to look in this other mirror and... They looked in it, and, like, this one guy almost started crying. And I guess he was saying that when you look in a, in a normal mirror, you're, for some reason, I don't know if it's our brain or the mirror itself, but, like, our eyes don't reflect normal to us. Like, the way, like, apparently, we've never seen our eyes the way other people see them. Okay. So, like, if you look in a mirror, our eyes are, like, kind of dead. And, if, and he had this other special mirror that you could see actually what other people see when they look at you. Uh, and their eyes were, like, full of life, apparently, and it looks different. Huh. It was weird, though. That's interesting. Yeah. So, like, apparently, our reflections in a normal mirror are not necessarily us. I would be afraid to look in the other mirror. It's apparently good. Like I said, this guy was, like, amazed. He almost started crying because huh. he was looking at himself, and he was like, that's not me. He was like, oh, my God. It was weird. That's interesting. It is interesting. Huh. So this week, I did the creepiest or most unexplained thing that people have seen in broad daylight. First one, my high school girlfriend and her family all talked about this ghost in their house and always said that it sounded like a man wearing boots walking down the hallway. We were all very close, so one day when they weren't home, I just walked in and went to my girlfriend's room and laid down on her bed while I waited for them to get back. A man in boots walked slowly down the hall right outside the door of the room where I was laying. I did the only logical thing and climbed out of her bedroom window. <laughs> They showed up a few minutes later and asked why I was standing around in the front yard and why I hadn't just gone in. I told them I heard the ghost and climbed out of the window to escape. They laughed their freaking heads off. It was broad daylight, totally creepy, and very unexplained. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, I used to live on a farm, and one morning there was a full horse leg on our driveway. Like, still had part of the hip attached and was fresh. Wow. We sprinted down to our horses to find them all completely fine. We disposed of the leg and never got an explanation. That's so weird. I know. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> Where'd it come from? I don't know. Some freaking giant dinosaur lost their leg <laughs> in a portal, and it landed on these people's driveway. <laughs> they didn't need it anyway. Next one, when I was about eight years old, my family and I were hiking somewhere in Austria when we came across the ruins of a medieval castle on a hilltop. A sign said that there was a cafe near the ruins, so we went up. 
The cafe was deserted, and all the tables and chairs were toppled, and next to the building stood a brand new Mercedes with a lot of bullet holes in the trunk and the rear window. The car was heavily armored. The rear window was so thick that the bullets hadn't even penetrated it. We turned around on the spot and got out of there as fast as we could. Once we were back at the hotel, my dad reported it to the police, but they dismissed it. We never knew what came of it. That's weird. That is weird. The fuck? Next one, I was crossing a, I was crossing at a busy intersection and saw my perfect double walking towards me. We basically locked eyes until we passed each other. It was a total mindfuck. Even more disturbing, instead of stopping and chatting and being amused by the entire biological coincidence, my immediate subconscious reaction was a massive rising internal rage that someone somehow had stolen my face. Very, very weird. Wow, well, that is weird. It is weird. But like we said before, I don't know if I saw someone that I would think they looked like me. I, I know. know. You just don't. But if you, I mean, well, okay. Just for instance, say you're walking down the street. Someone cross, like, you know, is walking the other way. You look at them and you think, huh, they look like me. You wouldn't be like, motherfucker stole my fucking face. You know what I mean? Why would he immediately get mad? I don't know. That's so weird. Huh. <laughs> anyway. That's weird. Next one, I saw a zombie. I was working in Kingston, Jamaica at the time in the late 80s when I saw it. Naked man, ashy, dirty skin, roll, eyes rolled up in his head, and stiff limbs just sort of lurching through traffic in Jamaica. I asked my Jamaican crew, and they said, yes, it was a zombie, but it's because of a drug, not magic. They said people do this to people for revenge. And a few weeks later, I saw another one. It was an old woman that time. Yeah, I've heard about that. What? Have you not heard about that? No. Yeah. It's some kind of powder or something. And yeah. Ooh, weird. Creepy. Next one, I was walking down the street on my way to the store when a large dog jumped through a glass window from a second story of a house and landed on the front lawn. I tried knocking on the door and got no answer from them or any of their neighbors, so I called animal control and stayed with the dog who, other than a few scratches, was okay. Once animal control arrived, they called the police to investigate because even the animal control lady had no clue what would cause a dog to do that. Yeah, really. What the hell? Seriously. That is fucking weird. It would be something like major, you would think. Yeah. Next one, when I was young, me and my cousins found a bloody shirt in our woods. My cousins and their parents hunted, so we thought maybe it was from that, but we found a Ziploc bag with shoes and shorts. It all had to be from an extremely petite woman or an older older kid. When we told our uncle about it, we got punished and weren't allowed to talk about it. I don't speak to them anymore, but I did report it to the police a few months ago in case it matched a cold case. Sadly, where I live, police are really corrupt because everyone is related or lifelong friends. So I've gotten zero response besides we'll look into it. I've done some research on my own, but haven't found much. My uncle used to rent the house he lived at and had moved into there a few years before that. And no one remembers the past tenants. Hmm. That's creepy. It was 1984 and I was 15 years old and was alone at my older sister's house. It was a late morning and I had just gotten out of the shower. I was still wrapped in a towel when I heard a noise outside. I looked out the window and saw a complete stranger trying the doorknob of the front door 
to the railing of the deck with a rope I used to walk with the dog with. He then leaned a mop that was on the deck against the door. I called my sister and told her what happened, got dressed and got the heck out of the house through a different door and hid in the bushes until the police arrived. The house was somewhat remote with no close neighbors and I found out later the door he tried or he, the door he tied up was unlocked. To this day, we have no idea who he was or what his motives were. It was beyond creepy. Hmm. That is weird. That is weird. Next one, my dad, brother, and I went to a movie theater one day in Florida. It was around 4 p.m., so it was getting darker, but still light out. We went up to the front where you could buy tickets. When we looked around, there was absolutely no one in the movie theater at all. No employees, no other guests. We simply walked in, looking all around to try and find someone we could purchase a movie ticket from, but could find no one. All the movies in each of the theaters we checked were running, but with no one else inside. So we just sat down and watched a movie, then left without seeing anyone else the whole time. It was very <laughs> surreal. That's so weird. Who was playing the movies then? They got a free movie? With nobody else? What the? And all the doors unlocked? And That's so weird. That's so weird. Kind of funny, but. Uh, next one, a man with freshly exposed bone on his arm and, a miss and missing a substantial amount of skin and muscle walked up to me in a parking lot, asking me calmly for cigarettes. It really freaked me out, so I told him I was calling 911 for him. There wasn't much blood, but the guy clearly needed immediate medical attention. He immediately ran off, and I gave his, his description to 911. This was in San Jose on an afternoon about five years ago. The image still gives me nightmares to this day. That person had to be high on something. Absolutely. Uh, a few years ago, I was smoking a cigarette in front of my apartment on the front steps in the middle of the day around noon or so. I got up to head back, but for a few fleeting seconds while I was looking at the building, it looked totally unfamiliar. I knew I lived there. I knew it was my home. I knew I, I had just stepped outside for about five minutes previously but my brain was giving me some kind of indication that I had never seen this place before and that there was danger. I violently wagged my head back and forth like an aggressive no gesture and was immediately back to normal. I'll never forget that moment. It was like my concept of reality had very momentarily just cracked. Wow. What? Weird. Next one, I once had a dream I was walking solo down a dirt path that felt familiar, even though I had never been down that path before. As I walked toward the wooded area, the feeling of familiarity changed and the path ended to an, at an abandoned cemetery. I was drawn in towards a specific grave with an old stone bench next to it. The headstone had an angel on it with one wing and a pine needle dangling from a cobweb. It drifted in the breeze. I then woke up and immediately felt like the dream was calling me back. The jolt from waking up was so startling, I decided to write the dream down. Years later, I was looking at houses with my girlfriend. At one showing, the realtor called and said she was running late. Behind the house, we noticed a path past the overgrown grass growing in, going into some woods. We decided to walk, walk it to kill time. As we were walking and I was enjoying the sun on my face, I was hit with an intense feeling of deja vu. I knew this place. As we reached the woods, I saw at the end of the path an abandoned cemetery. It was the same cemetery from my dream. I told my girlfriend I'd visited this place in a dream and described specific details down to the pine needle hanging from the angel's wing. 
She thought I was trying to pull a stupid prank until we got to a sunken grave, missing a wing and stone bench, and even the pine needle hanging off the angel's wing. She immediately walked back toward our car. The entire experience was a copy-paste of my dream, except I wasn't alone this time. When we were back at the house, my girlfriend asked how I knew all that detail. I let her read the dream I wrote down. I described the path, trees, cemetery, and the weather perfectly. She refused to ever talk about the experience again. That was around 20 years ago, and the experience still haunts me to this day. Ooh. That's crazy. That is. I wonder how much, how much, how many of our dreams have actually come true. Like, I wonder how many of our dreams that we don't remember. Yeah, have that's come what true. I mean. Yeah. Like, or is, you know, when you dream and then you wake up, it, it usually disappears. Yeah, you just don't remember. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder how many of those yeah. are like actual. We could be dreaming our entire next day for all we know. We yeah. just don't remember it. Yeah. Uh, next one in the 80s, my dad was in the Peace Corps and lived in Sierra Leone for three years. He had a motorbike and would ride around the roads when he had free time. One day he was riding a dirt road that snakes around a small hillside past some construction workers. Works. About half a mile after the road work, he sees a man on the road on the side of this dirt road on the hillside just laughing his butt off, and he was blue. Not like painted blue, but blue. At first my dad rode on, not thinking too much of it, then he then it sunk in that he just saw a blue dude sitting on the side of a dirt road laughing wildly. He turned around and rode back to where he saw the blue dude, and there was no one there. He kept retracing the path beyond the road work and never saw the blue guy again. Later that day, he went to the village he was living at, in at the time, and told the locals about what he had seen. The locals all laughed and said, no, you didn't. White men can't see devils. Ooh, I just got chills. I did too. Isn't that creepy? Yes. Holy shit. Hmm. Next one, it happened on January 28th, 1986, when the Challenger space shuttle exploded. My family was watching the live coverage of the launch. At the same time, we heard a loud sound from my room. We all went to see what it was, and a poster of a space shuttle fell off my wall. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a coincidence. That is kind of creepy, but... <laughs> I was walking past a church one day when I was about 15 years old and standing in front of one of the graves was a cowboy dressed head to toe in pure white. He looked straight out of a movie. His hat, shirt, waistcoat, trousers, and boots were all so white, like an incredibly clean white as if he had just bought them. He was white with short brown hair, stubble, and was av an average looking guy. I kept staring at him, blinked, and then he was just fucking gone. I live in the UK, so it was weird to see anyone resembling a cowboy anyway. I don't know if it was my mind playing tricks on me, but I could swear he was there. He looked so real. Hmm. That's weird. That is. It was an angel. Angel cowboy. That's what I was thinking. They're like, oh, I think I'll be a cowboy today. <laughs> it was around the time of the planking craze. Hmm. You remember, I think, like when people would plank on things, they would just lay flat and plank on things and then they would record it. You remember that at all? Kind of vaguely. They just laid on things, like planked on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just stupid. Yeah. 
Um, I had no idea what it was and hadn't heard anything about it. I hailed a taxi into town and was walking around the city center. Life was normal. Then I took a turn into the town square and there were around 200 people planking everywhere on everything. (laughs) I didn't know what was going on. I thought there may have been gunshots or a bomb (laughs) or maybe the world was ending. I then asked someone next to me. They explained it and we laughed it off. But for a brief moment, I'll never forget that uneasy feeling. (laughs) That would be. (laughs) It would be. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Just turn a corner and everyone's. (laughs) It's so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I think my favorite craze, though, is the spontaneous like dancing line dancing or the the um oh what are those called there's a name for them oh my god it's gonna bother me flash mob yes yes those are cool those are neat yeah i wouldn't mind seeing one of those in real life in real life that would be cool yeah Yeah. okay no yeah that's that's weird (laughs) that's just stupid Okay, on a trip to Gulf Shores, Alabama, I stopped to gas up in, at some run-down gas station and truck stop in Mississippi. I went to the bathroom, and as I was standing at the urinal, I had the strangest feeling that something was off. This strange feeling overwhelmed the entire left side of my body. I got up on my tippy toes to look to my left where the stalls were located. There was this deranged-looking man with nasty, greasy-ass hair and a fucked up scowl on his face staring directly at me. The most typical looking psycho killer you could imagine. He had to have been standing on the toilet because I could see his whole face and the upper part of his shoulders. Oh my gosh. I immediately zipped up and got the fuck out of there. Didn't even wash my hands. What the hell? What the fuck? Oh my God. Oh my God. I would probably start screaming. Run out of there. I would... Well, knowing me and how dumb I am, I would freeze and die. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. I'm just like, okay, I live in this bathroom now. <laughs> Not for long. Oh, my God. <laughs> in college, I lived on the 11th floor in an apartment with no balcony, and it was about 4.30 in the afternoon. I was walking through the hall when I saw a man walk into my apartment about 10 seconds before I walked in. I was living with three roommates at the time, so I just figured they were having guests over. No biggie. I habitually bolted the door behind me, even though it locked automatically on the outside. I put my stuff on the couch and went toward the back bedroom to say hi to whoever came over. Only my roommates were there, and they had no idea who I was talking about. It wasn't a big apartment, but I searched everywhere while my freaked-out roommate stayed in the back bedroom. There was no one else in the apartment, and the door was still bolted from the inside. Creepy. Next one, my dad is a paramedic, and one call took him to an SUV that had to be towed out of a river. The car was obviously not working, and the two guys trapped inside were already dead. As they pulled the dead guys out of the car, suddenly all the lights flashed on, the windshield wipers started going full speed, and the car radio blasted at max volume. It was unexplainable, and it freaked everyone right out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Next one, my family had a car packed up for a road trip because we were moving across the country from the Pacific Northwest to the Rust Belt. We were heading to the highway to get out of town and had to make a weird or had to take some weird access road to get there. 
On the way, there was some man holding a long barrel rifle to a woman's head walking through a vegetable garden. He was holding it with one hand and had a cigarette in his mouth. The woman was crying. My mom didn't believe me. I was 14, but I know what I saw. What the fuck? Yeah. Crazy. Next one. I was a manager at the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center for three years. My office was on the main floor of an 1872 carriage house with lots of history. I mostly hung out at the front desk next to the gift shop. This particular day, we had no visitors come in because of rain and sleet. A bit before 5 p.m., I sent the two guides to close up the stow house, and I was alone. Suddenly, I heard stomping above me in the guide break room. Someone big was stomping around and moving heavy things. At first, I assumed someone broke in, but that didn't make sense. I couldn't see the main staircase from my desk, and or I could see the main staircase from my desk, and the door on the other side was always locked. I called up to the guide break room where the noise was coming from since it was a two-way phone speaker, or the room should have been empty, but I could very clearly hear someone up there, and they sounded angry or upset. I heard them stop at the desk, panting and moving papers frantically. I radioed security. Our security guard wasn't far away and marched up to the break room by the front stairs while I watched the back stairs. No one else was up there and no one else came down. We had motion detectors, so if someone hid, they would have been caught. My two guides uh, returned shortly thereafter and went upstairs. On the break room table was a big crumpled pile of plain white printer paper. The guides swore up and down that the table had been clear when they left to close the stowhouse. There were older women that I've worked with for years, so I know they were telling the truth. I know what I heard. I'll never forget hearing it through the phone speaker. As it approached the desk above me, I could hear it breathing. I knew whatever was up there was not good. It was evil. It scared me so much. When I went home, I sat in the stop and shop parking lot until my husband finished work that night. I was too scared to go home alone. That's creepy. Yeah. Next one, when I was a teenager, I was at a friend's house when his, when his parents and family were not home. At around 5 p.m., I was outside on his back porch tying my shoes before going back into his house. It was like a 20-second action. But when I walked inside, his entire family was back home, sitting at the kitchen table and eating dinner. They were staring at me, freaked out, asking why I'd just walk into their house. I asked what time it was, and they told me it was 6.30 p.m. I'd lost an entire hour doing a 20-second action. To this day, I still have no clue what happened or where the time went. Ooh, those just freak me I out. I know. Like, if you're... And there's a lot of them, too. Like, mm-hmm. people just, like, yeah, I went to go get food, and... Weird. Gone for three hours. Fucking weird. Uh, it was in the winter, like, ten years ago or more. We went out to a near hillside to have some fun with our sleds. There were tons of people because it was a really popular spot, so we chose a more isolated part of the hillside. I slid down, then headed all the way back up. As I was pulling my sled behind me, I saw this darkish, centipede-like creature about 20 meters ahead of me. It was the size of my forearm. It lifted its front part where its head was, took a look around, then quickly retreated into a ditch and disappeared. To this day, I haven't told anyone about it because because it felt very real to me. But it's so random that I might have just been imagining it. It feels too specific. I was like 14 years old at the time and completely sober. (laughs) I would hope so. I know, right? That's what I thought. (laughs) 
When I was a little girl, I was playing in my room one morning with my sister. I looked out my window and saw a man staring in at us. I told my sister to leave my room and get my father. He didn't believe me and thought I was imagining things. I had an awful hard time sleeping that night. Throughout my childhood, I'd hear what sounded like footsteps outside at night or my parents' car doors opening long after they had gone to sleep. Several years later, I looked at our, at our house on Google Maps. I'd always assumed we lived by ourselves in the woods, far from anyone else. Turns out there's a small house that looked like it was being lived in only a few hundred yards in the woods from us. Mm. That's yeah. Years ago, I was at Walmart picking up a few things around noon or so. I noticed a ridiculously big dude over 6'6", holding a baby carrier with a blanket over the baby at the end of the aisle, talking on the phone. He knelt down to look for something from the bottom shelf, put the baby carrier down on his left. Then a woman with bright blue lipstick walked right past me, stopped next to him, grabbed the baby carrier while the dad was juggling a phone call, the baby, and whatever he was looking at. And I thought to myself, wow, that's weird. I wonder if she's his wife or something. The guy found whatever he was looking for, reached the, the baby up, only to realize the baby wasn't there anymore. He froze for a second, then calmly said, Honey, I'll call you back in a second. I need to locate our child. Oh, my God. I looked at him, and he looked at me straight in the eyes and asked if I saw a woman with black hair and blue lipstick nearby. I was weirded out and said she was right behind him less than 10 seconds ago. He thanked me and bolted to the front doors. The woman had tried to leave through the front doors, but was stopped with when the man yelled out that she was kidnapping his child. I learned she was a serial stalker from a previous failed relationship. The fact that she was so brazen to go as far as stealing an infant child in public was wild. And it was creepy how calm she looked while he was yelling at her for her actions. Psycho! I thought it was freaky. He knew exactly who it was. Yeah. That's not good. No. Oh my gosh. It was 2008 during a mountain bike race in the Midwest. It was 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It was such a hot day, and it felt like there was no oxygen in the woods. Three of us were well ahead of the pack. We were about to lap another racer when he just rode off the trail and down a steep ravine. All three of us stopped. The ravine was steep and very deep. We found his bike halfway down, but not the racer. They sent a search party and found nothing. To this day, he's never been found. I think the heat messed with his head and he was disoriented. I got really dizzy in the race due to the heat. We made it to the bottom of the ravine ourselves and don't think he would have died. So they never found him? Never found him. They found his bike about halfway down. Huh. Weird. Yeah. A tooth just materialized on my kitchen counter one day. Yeah. Asked all around my family and no one lost any teeth. No kids lost any teeth. I never lost any teeth. No clue where this tooth came from. It just appeared one afternoon. <laughs> what? Didn't weird. someone didn't didn't we have a story where a tooth was found in a car? Yes. <laughs> so weird. It's like who's running around losing teeth everywhere? <laughs> oh my. Next one, when I was 15 years old, my family and I camped in the Grand Canyon during the summer. We went to a ranger lecture around 6 p.m., so it was still pretty light when we were walking back. We went to we went off the trail as a shortcut as a shortcut and came across a light ahead. As we drew closer, there was a man sitting in an office-sized desk with a lantern in the middle of the woods. I remember he had long sideburns and was dressed like a man from the 1800s. 
The man never made a peep or looked up or acknowledged us. My dad backed us down the trail, uh, towards the trail, and we went on our way. I don't believe in ghosts or spirit, spirits, but I have no explanation for what I saw. As I got older, I figured I was just misremembering, mis but everyone else in my family says they saw the same thing. That's Some man sitting at a desk in the middle of the woods with his lantern. Like the desk was in the woods? Yeah. That's weird. As we drew closer, there was a man sitting at an office-sized desk with a lantern in the middle of the woods. And he didn't acknowledge them yeah. at all. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was about seven or eight years old at the time. I was with my mom, who was house-sitting for my aunt. We were waiting for my stepdad to pick us up. I heard a car door close outside, so I ran to the large viewing window by the front door. I called my mom, my mom over, saying he was there to pick us up. She thought it was a bit early, so she came to look. He was wearing a purple shirt with a green collar and a black hat. We both saw him walking to the garage area from the driveway instead of walking to the front door. Strange. He never came inside, so we looked outside again, and his car wasn't there. My stepdad was a very tall man at 6'7", so it's hard to mistake him for someone else. She called his cell phone and his work, no answer. After 15 minutes, she called his parents' house. He was over there helping them with their computer. But his parents' house was on the other side of town, at least an hour away. There was no way he could have made it over there in 15 minutes. He didn't believe us that we saw him, we described what he was wearing, and he couldn't comprehend how we knew. He said that purple shirt with the green collar was a new work shirt he received that day. He had, we had never seen that shirt before. I have no idea what transpired that day, but I can't explain it for the life of me. Hmm. Weird. Next one, back in primary school, I remember clearly that while waiting to go into the actual school building one day, a lot of students were gathered around a poster taped to the library on the other side of the school. I went there to see what they were looking at. I still remember the poster. It was different pictures of cats cut apart, like a picture of a cat's head next to its body and its feet cut off. Many of us were disgusted and frightened. There were like six or so different pictures on the poster. In the middle was a warning, keep your cats inside. Our teachers noticed because a few kids were crying and they had the poster taken down immediately. <clears throat> I seriously would like to know what sick person would put that up next to a primary school. I remember our parents telling us not to play in the woods because there was a, there was a person actively mutilating cats. We knew this, we had seen the pictures. Hmm, it's horrible. Next one, it was our end of eighth grade field trip and we were on a campground owned by a church. We were free to explore the land. There was a small river with a wide pebble beach, and there were lizards running all over the pebbles to different areas of brush. I liked to try to catch the lizards, so I started chasing them. With my hands extended, almost touching the lizard, I followed one until it crawled across something that wasn't pebbles or branches. It was short fur. I recoiled in an instant and stepped back. The lizard had crawled onto a goat carcass that was half buried in the sand. There was a pentagram carved in its forehead, and its eyes were milky white. There were a lot of partially burned sticks nearby, but weirdly, the goat carcass hadn't started to stink, to stink yet. It was probably some teenagers messing around, trying to summon Satan or whatever, but it was an incredible moment of shock. 
I only realized that what was happening when my hands were inches away from the dead carcass. Ugh. When I was a teenager, I saw an old man who looked about 70 years old open up a sewer grate and just hop in. <laughs> that was that one. Okay. <laughs> Not me, but my dad. He was outside at the far end of the yard and saw me standing on the stairs whistling for him to come back to the house. When he got back inside, he asked what was up and why I had changed my shirt. I hadn't been outside, didn't hear any whistling, and was wearing the same black shirt I'd been wearing all day, not the white shirt he had saw me wearing when he saw me outside a few minutes earlier. Creepy. Doppelganger. I was about 11 or 12 and walking to my friend's house a few blocks away when randomly a dime hit me right between the eyes so hard it left a bruise. There were no tall buildings around, no car drove past, and to my knowledge, there were no planes above. It was probably the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that is weird. Here, have a dime. <laughs> <laughs> it left a bruise. What, a, what the fuck? <laughs> Next one, I was, as I was walking through the grocery store one day, I looked down an aisle, and clear as day, my great uncle was at the end. He looked straight at me and waved. I walked by the aisle before my brain registered what happened. My great uncle died 22 years ago. I took a step backwards and he was gone. I know it was him. There isn't a doubt in my mind that it was him and not someone who just looked like him. Ooh. And this is my last one. My father and I are window cleaners. We were working a vacant home from the Roaring Twenties era. Giant chandelier, wraparound spiral staircase, checkerboard flooring with fancy carved golden trim. I could write paragraphs about this home. It was big, bold, and beautiful. My father was upstairs cleaning the main bedroom windows and listening to music through a speaker. It was a track from the 70s. I was coming upstairs and the sun outside hit the chandelier, momentarily blinding me. It was like a flash bang and I was stunned for a second. When I recovered, there was no more music and the whole house felt different. It was almost the same, but it felt like there was one small thing that I couldn't identify that had changed. I asked my dad if he was listening to music, and he told me, no, but that's a great idea, and started playing music from his phone. It was the same song I had heard when coming up the stairs, but from the beginning. Now, my father doesn't remember the house. There's a small part of me that is convinced that when I'm on my deathbed, I will look out the window and finally see the thing I know is off and realize I am in a different world than the one I was in when I was going up those stairs. Ooh, those always creep me out. I know. Like in an instant, your life could just change. So weird. It is. And there's so many stories. If one of them is true. Crazy. Well, I don't think every single person that tells one of those stories is lying. Well, no, exactly. But I mean, even if that's the case, if every single person except for one person is lying, Ugh. you know, that opens the door to anything. Yeah. Okay, it's time for the witty wrap up. Tried to throw a slightly neglected baby doll into the toy basket, and my three year old shrieked, That's my daughter! <gasps> Had no idea. <laughs> Please keep my family in your thoughts and prayers. My seven-year-old son has recently learned about the planet Uranus. <laughs> oh, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's the eeriest thing a child has ever said to you? 
When my daughter was around four or five, she calmly insisted she had once been married to a man named Brad Huffington. When we asked what had happened to him, she replied with a note of sadness. He was lost at sea. Oh, my God. I absolutely love those. Yeah. Especially when it's such a young kid and they're just like, oh, yeah, I was married. That's so weird. (laughs) My seven-year-old son had a play date with a girl yesterday. After about 10 minutes, he asked if she wanted to go upstairs and see his pound machine. Somewhat concerned, we followed them up and found them taking turns standing on the bathroom scale. Crisis averted for now. Like I'm following them. Oh yeah. What the fuck is a pound machine? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's great. (laughs) My wife, have the kids been acting weird today? Me, I don't think it's an act. my kids playing rock paper scissors with actual scissors what no no shit oh my god thinking about the time my three-year-old forgot the name for chicken nuggets and called them orange meat cookies about parenting is you will watch Frozen 8,000 times and want to die and then one day when your kid is asleep you won't know what to watch and suddenly a tiny part of you will be like hmm, you know what would really hit the spot? Frozen! Oh my gosh. That has never happened to me. (laughs) My kid kept asking if he could try the chicken milk. And it shows a picture. It's liquid egg whites. (laughs) You don't want to try the chicken milk. No, that'd be so gross. (laughs) Me, why aren't you ready? We're late. Ten-year-old, did you know the amount of people older than you never increases? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Ten-year-old wanted to make dinner and mixed random ingredients like eggs, flour, crackers, dried pasta, and ketchup. Then baked it until it was burnt, and my twins said it was the nicest dinner they've ever tasted, so Um. I resigned, and now I live on a faraway island. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Freaked out so many parents by asking this in a wrong school chat. Hey, y'all, what time is the piano recital tomorrow? There's a piano recital? (laughs) Oops. Oopsie. Wrong chat. Sorry. As a parent, I just feel like a big fat liar. Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Mommy and Daddy were just wrestling, etc. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a good weekend or did your four-year-old tell a lady with gray hair in the greeting card aisle to move it, old lady? Oh my god. <laughs> 
us. Takes five-year-old to Disney. Five-year-old, is there Target here? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Parent, parenting is begging for a night away from the kids, then talking about them the whole time like a couple of Stockholmies. <laughs> Five-year-old, mom, can I fart on you? Have kids, they said. (laughs) (laughs) At least her kid asks. Why just do it? When my family wants me to turn the music down and I have to let them know that I'm cleaning and I absolutely will not. (laughs) The other night I told my five-year-old if he left his room one more time instead of going to sleep that I was taking one of his stuffed animals. He left his room again. When I went in his room, he had an assortment of animals laid out and told me I could choose one of these. Oh, my God. No, he didn't. I would take all of those and your favorite. Thank you. (laughs) All of them. (laughs) Pretending I'm still asleep so my husband has to make the kids breakfast is my favorite weekend tradition. I'm trying to be grateful for one thing each day. Today, I'm grateful that my kids are old enough to make their own dinner after they tell me they hate my cooking. (laughs) Everything will be going fine, and then your kid asks you if people can get pregnant in heaven. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. My last one. Every day I pick my kid up from school, he announces, I didn't bite anybody. And you know what? I'm pretty proud I didn't bite anybody either. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I got. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Send in your stories. We need them. Anything. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook. Request to join the group. Rate, review, and subscribe where you listen. And we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.